0: Broadcasting live from the ESPN 690 and H.R. Levine Studios.
1: This is Action Sports Jax on ESPN 690 with Brent Martineau and Austin Lane.
0: Yeah, without a doubt.
2: Um, Again, you know, I I made reference to this. I think uh, he's he's been really seeing the thing, the field really well. I mean, he threw the ball well down the field last week. He's making good decisions. Uh, When the defense is kind of getting out of there, he's taking the underneath throws. He's showing some maturity. And I thought it was very evident in the two-minute drive uh, late in the game where he got us down in a position to go win the game. So um, he's learning so much. He's maturing. Uh, And again, uh, I have no
1: question he's going to be a great player in this league.
2: Yeah, Brian Schottenheimer right there. New sort of offensive coordinator sort of for the Jacksonville Jaguars. Talking about Trevor Lawrence, who I wonder when this is all said and done, and I don't know when that will be, but I wonder when Trevor Lawrence gets to a point where he is in his NFL career and can look back on whatever the heck happened in 2021 and think about how it made him better maybe as a person sure as a football player absolutely just in general what he's gone through in 2021 i can tell you this and he said this i can promise you trevor lawrence didn't see any of this coming when urban meyer was standing 27 centimeters away from him in pro day he didn't see this coming i can guarantee you that action sports jacks on espn 690 brian middleton In with me today, Casey Kurtz. Brent Martineau will be with us shortly. We got picks to make when Brent gets here. We've got a year in review to look back at. But if you've seen Brent on Twitter, hopefully you're not driving, but maybe check the traffic before you go places. That's all I'm saying. Brent had no choice, but you do have an option if you need to go places. Be sure to check that traffic. Pretty sure you can get that on 104.5 WOKV.
0: You like that? Casey cuts to promote anything, man. Anything. My goodness. All right. Now you doing traffic reports? I think I'd be good at traffic. You would. You would. Uh, you did traffic, right? That was your thing. Yeah, I did, man. You could get sarcastic with it, and no one can do anything because you have the microphone. Just saying.
2: Yeah, that's kind of like what we got now. And that what we're gonna that's do. True. We're gonna talk about the Jags. We do that, but the the question on everybody's mind, Doug Peterson. Uh, obviously, it was reported that he will and he would interview on Thursday to be the head coach of the Jacksonville Jaguars. Well, today is Thursday. Josina Anderson of uh, ESPN reports, Jaguars beginning extensive search for a new head coach. That includes former Eagles head coach Doug Peterson, who is expected to meet in person, which is interesting. I thought it was going to be like a Zoom thing. Apparently, it's indeed in person uh, with Shad Khan and Doug Peterson. We talked We've talked about this a lot, folks, but frankly, at the end of the day, it's really all we have to look forward to who's going to be the coach who are they going to draft doug peterson to me and brent said this yesterday when when you go into the meeting which now it appears that there was an indeed in-person meeting all he has to do is show Shad khan that super bowl ring and, and more or less say kiss the ring and shod khan should at least respect that so i guess the question i'll ask you brian middleton since uh the listeners know my opinion, which I'll give in a second. They know Brent's opinion. They know Austin's opinion. Doug Peterson, head coach of the Jacksonville Jaguars, your immediate reaction would be what? Uh, you
0: know, uh, I, yeah, I guess. Interesting. It, it can't be any worse than what you just had. And so that's a plus. And you get, you could potentially be getting somebody who has done it uh, and has done it recently. Like, this isn't from 15 years ago or 20 years ago, this championship. Uh, you know, Super Bowl championship win as a coach, right, so yeah. there is uh, something to that yeah I guess yeah all right and 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 here's also the deal right so uh, you got to ask yourself, is Doug Peterson the guy who is going to be the right fit for trevor right yeah. because again that 's your biggest investment is he going to be the guy that 's going to shepherd Trevor from rookie to all pro to super Bowl? champion can he do that um has he shown in his previous stops that he can either do it directly or put other people in place both from his coaching staff and from the players that he puts around him and coach him up so that he can actually realize so we all can realize the potential we all believe that trevor has and so you're right that super bowl ring does a lot because mm-hmm. you can't take that away. And that's something that everybody's going for. So when you say kiss the ring, kind of tongue-in-cheek. But, yeah, you know, you can wear that and say, like, I know how to do this. Regardless of any other losing seasons or any other way that I actually exited the Philadelphia Eagles and any other stop that may have been a stain, I have proven that I can do this in today's NFL. So, you know, I say, uh, but, you know, it's it's better than what you had. So there's something there.
2: Yeah. No, that's a good call. And I think it's interesting that you bring up the part of Trevor Lawrence because the way – there's a couple ways to look at it, but one that I look at it is that Eagles team did not – that won the Super Bowl, did not have a ton of talent. We went through that yesterday. We'll go through that in a second. But there was a time, folks, and you may remember this because it was only 2016. I remember this. Carson Wentz got picked second overall in the draft. Okay. Then there was a time – this was 2017, in which Carson Wentz was 11-2 and two as a starting quarterback with 33 touchdowns and 7 interceptions and 3,200 yards in 13 games. He did that under Doug Peterson. So can he develop a quarterback? It looked like he was on the way to doing that with Carson Wentz. Obviously, the injuries played a part. And then obviously in 2020, it didn't work. But he was looking like he was going to be a very solid NFL quarterback. So, and and by the way, if we're just uh, spitballing here, and this is pretty obvious, but I guess I should say it, Carson Wentz, Trevor Lawrence, we know who has had the higher ceiling coming out of the draft. That's Trevor Lawrence. So you have to look at what he did with Carson Wentz immediately, in my opinion, and think, hey, there were some good things going on there, and you can bring that over. Then... You go to the Super Bowl, part of it for me. Nick Foles takes over. They win football games. They win the Super Bowl. Here's the thing, though, Brian Middleton. This is who they won the Super Bowl with. Alshon Jeffrey. Nelson Aguilar. LeGarrette Blunt. Love LeGarrette Blunt, but LeGarrette Blunt. Corey Clement. Jay Ajayi. Torrey Smith. Zach Ertz. Very good. Don't get me wrong. But do any of those names, are any of those guys anything other than just a guy? Like, that was kind of the point I was making yesterday with Brent, where... You have Marvin Jones. You have James O'Shaughnessy. You have James Robinson, who's very good, but is going to be hurt. So you're obviously going to be looking at another running back in the situation. You're going to have to bring in other wide receivers. But to me, that screams out just a guy. That's what Doug Peterson had, and they won the Super Bowl. And I know what you're going to say. That defense, you know, they were good on defense. That's why they won the Super Bowl. Uh, agreed. They had the fourth best defense in the league that year. They also scored the third most points in the NFL with those guys. You have a guy that developed Carson Wentz and made Alshon Jeffery and the boys a Super Bowl-winning team? Come on. It's Alshon Jeffery. It's Aguilar.
0: Whoa, 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 whoa. Listen, just to pin a penny in your point, Alshon Jeffery, we all know where he went to school at, right? You know where he went to school at. I mean, I don't remember. University of South Carolina, located oh. in Columbia, South Carolina. He did. That's he's right. not just a guy. He's a Gamecock. He's a pro bowler, by the way. I can't remember the year, but he was a Pro Bowler on the Chicago Bears. He's not just a guy. Yep, there it is. He came One back from X injury. Pro Bowl. Let's find out. Yeah, he he's a Super Bowl champ. You will not disrespect another game cock in my presence, sir. Hey, I'm going to disrespect him right here
2: because here's the thing, Alshon Jeffrey. The very next year, almost the exact same thing played out, except Carson Wentz was not playing well. He gets injured. Nick Foles comes in. And we talked about this yesterday. From Thanksgiving on the next season, which would be the 2018 season, the Eagles won I, I believe they were five and one down the stretch or four and one. Get into the playoffs, beat the Bears on the double doink field goal from Cody Parkey. And then Nick Foles is leading them down the field to beat the Saints in New Orleans.
0: Alshon Jeffrey. Close the hands. Here's the deal. You remember that? Here's the deal. Oh my goodness! The Jacksonville Jaguars would kill to have Alshon Jeffrey. Not today. Today's Alshon Jeffrey. Not 2013, 2016. I'm talking about today, 2021 Alshon Jeffrey. Today. Yeah. Well,
2: yeah. You know, you're not, you're not wrong. What's your point? The, my point is, my point. Is, well, that point was to dis- uh, disrespect Alshon Jeffrey. True. But the point was. It didn't end well in Philadelphia for Doug Peterson. Okay, that's fair and good. But he has a statue. You know what I'm saying? uh, The Jacks signed a quarterback for like 80-something million dollars solely because he won the Super Bowl for Doug Peterson. Like, you've already... I mean, look, if Doug Peterson wants to coach the Jacksonville Jaguars, they should hire him. It's that simple. But we know things aren't that simple here in jacksonville that's not really how things work so brian middleton by the way brian middleton casey kurtz action sports jacks on espn 690 brent martineau will be along here in a bit and we'll look back at the year that was in 2021 but brian middleton doug peterson has interviewed a lot of other candidates on the list and we'll start with one that said thanks no thanks and me and brent we had some ideas on why this happened. Uh, Dan Quinn, defensive coordinator for the Cowboys, hit okay. him with a thanks, no thanks. Yeah. I don't need to interview. Yeah. And uh, we're we're pretty much looking for all uh, reasons why that might have been. Do you have one?
0: Um, Let's see. So, Dan Quinn. Hmm. Um, I mean, you could go the route that, listen, even if I am Shad, you know, Shad Conda, owner, and I am trying to make a decision on uh, the next head man of my team, and I want the best candidate. The next point would be, can they make sure that Trevor realizes his potential? And so with Dan Quinn, he was, uh, what the, the Falcons? Yeah. Get it right. The Falcons yep. 28 to three, 28 to three Quinn. Yeah. Yeah. 28 to three Quinn. Here's the deal, man. I know he got a MVP out of Matt Ryan, but I don't know how much of that was him. I mean, Matt Ryan was already kind of on that ascension. Um, before he even got there right. um, But he's a defensive coordinator And I gotta be real with you I, I think that the next head man At Jacksonville Will be an offensive coordinator Or somebody who's more offensive minded Yeah, I think that that's just going to have to be the route Because you're going to have to do Everything you can to ensure the success For Trevor Because as Trevor goes, the Jags go And so he may have seen that Number one, and said ah, I'm good the more realistic option is probably he's like, I just don't want to come to Jacksonville because there's probably going to be another team that I would rather go to. And Jacksonville is it's a, it's a lot. It's a lot to come and take on, you know? Yeah. So it could be that as well. He's just picking the best opportunity for him. But um, even, even if he had interviewed, I don't think he would have had a chance honestly to, to get the next head coaching position here. Yeah, that's fair. So,
2: in our coaching search that we're doing right now, Doug Peterson obviously fits what you want there as a guy that can develop Trevor Lawrence. So let's um, let's rule out the defense and let's look at guys like Kellen Moore and Byron Lefwich. Byron Lefwich is a popular name around here. Um, everybody seems to have a... It's weird. Um, I know, obviously, quarter, former quarterback for the Jags and all that works with Tom Brady. Everyone seems to have an opinion on Byron Lefwich. Um... I would rather them hire Doug Peterson or Jim Caldwell. That's my opinion on it. Um, I, I just think you're better suited to hire an older coach that's been around that's seen some things. Byron Lefwich does he do anything for you?
0: Yeah, I mean, I think it would be a semi-splash type of hire, honestly. Uh, it's, a, it's a big enough name that we all know about. He already has ties to the Jags um, from his playing days. He obviously has found success in the coaching ranks. Um, you know, he has a Super Bowl now from last season. Right. So, I mean, I get he has all of the boxes that you would seemingly have to tick off for the fan base here and hopefully for, you know, the ownership in the front office to say, like, okay, this is the guy that we're going to entrust for the, hopefully the next five to ten years. Um, so, yeah, I mean, Byron Leftwich, I could live with that.
2: Interesting. Interesting. We got some. Some people
0: weighing in. Are you seeing that? Yeah. I've we got a left witch in all caps left, witch dot, dot,
2: no. And some exclamations, a few of them. I believe
0: it's about seven of them. I think I was trying to count on the fly. Seven exclamation yeah, points. A okay. lot of exclamations there, by yeah. the way.
2: Uh, Trevor on Twitter says uh, for Doug Peterson, uh, is Doug Peterson a good fit with Trevor Lawrence? Trevor says yes. Uh, GI Joe says yes. He's the best, best option. He will be the Jags coach. You ready here first. So that's interesting. Um
0: Feel free to weigh in, by the way. Did you see the the question right above about Chark?
2: I I did. I wrote that down. I was going to get to that after I asked you about Kellen Moore because Kellen Moore is the other uh, uh, interesting option here if you're looking at young, up-and-coming, offensive-minded coach. And, yeah, that Kellen Moore, Boise State, you know, the good old uh, Statue of Liberty play, and then the dude proposes to his girlfriend. What a moment, by the way. Not Kellen Moore. But uh, Kellen Moore, an interesting name. They got a lot of talent on that Dallas Cowboy offense that sometimes goes and sometimes doesn't, which worries me. But at the end of the day, nothing against Kellen Moore. He might be a great head coach. He might not. I just don't think he should be the coach of the Jacksonville Jaguars.
0: Yeah, man. I'm looking at Kellen Moore. Wow. You know, Kellen Moore is only a few years older than me, man. What am I doing with my life?
2: Huh? When you see that. Right now wow. you're on ESPN 690, Action Sports jacks.
0: Yeah, you know what? Uh, yeah, that's a, that's a win. Yeah. Wow. He's the offensive coordinator for... Dallas Cowboys. Anyway, uh, would he make a good uh, hire? I, it, it, it's all it's all relative. Would I pick him over Doug Peterson? No. Yeah. Um, but I would put him on the same level as Leftwich, as far as to me. Sure. Do I think he ticks off enough boxes for today's NFL and the head coach, and you want to make a splash? And he's he hopefully can prove that he can you know bring Trevor up. Yeah, sure, sure, sure. That's fine. But he doesn't. He doesn't jump Doug Peterson for me.
2: No. Agreed. So, all right, I guess we're, so Jim Caldwell or Doug Peterson? I guess I haven't asked you that one yet.
0: Uh, That's a good one. That's a tougher one. I'd have to think about that one for a second. All right. Yeah, I'd have to think about that one.
2: Well, so I guess, look, Doug Peterson, what we do know is he interviewed today in person with Shad Khan. Um, We'll have to find out.
0: Do you think that Shad asked Trevor anything about this? Not that Trevor has say so, but do you think that he at least weighs in? Just like, hey, this is what we did. We we talked with him. What do you think?
2: So it's tough. Like, I'm sure, yeah, like, I, at the end of the day, Trevor probably should at least get to – I'm not saying he should hire the coach, but I'm saying they should at least ask him what's up. And I believe that that will be the case. There were um, – I believe there were some reports about that um, in some previous weeks. But it's tough with the new rule – because Trevor's focus like Trevor's focus first of all, today is how he's not going to get killed by Matt Judon and the Patriots when he has no offensive line. That's probably number one concern. And with the new rule where you can interview the coaches now versus the end of the season, Trevor's got some things to you know focus on. So how much say does Trevor have during the season? Probably none, to be honest. I mean, maybe, you know, a quick text like, hey, how you feeling? Trevor be like scared, but, you know, <laughs> it is what it is. Um yeah, I think there is some Trevor should have definitely some opinion because at the end of the day, let's be honest, Jacksonville, Trevor's all we got. That is. Wow.
1: Okay.
2: That's optimistic? Am I wrong? Am I wrong? Just saying. Love Josh Allen. Very good player. Trevor's all we got. Okay? If Josh Double down if they the if they just if they want to pay Josh Allen, which they should, and keep him on the defense, I'd be a big fan of it. But Trevor's all we got. And Trevor it should have a say how much. He shouldn't get to overall pick the coach because he could make a mistake. He's a young guy. He's been in the league for, uh, what is it, 15 games? Going on 16 or with the bye week. I don't know. I can't do math on the fly. I can't even do it with paper and pencil. But at the end of the day, Trevor should have some say. We got more to do. I, I do want to address that comment from YouTube. Uh, pretty much what the question was, was DJ Tark, Cam Robinson, Andrew Norwell, who should come back? Who would you bring back? We're definitely going to get into that next. Action Sports jacks on ESPN 690. We'll be right back.
1: You know, I had a little bit of practice last year. We we had 35 players in the span of a week when I was in Baltimore. Get on the COVID uh, reserve list, and they kept delaying the game. So our Thanksgiving night game versus Pittsburgh wasn't played till the next Wednesday at five o'clock, and we didn't know who we were gonna have. Who was coming off the list? And uh, we ended up having a have. A, I, I believe I had we had one starter in the front seven, and uh, the guys that played. We had our, we had a backup quarterback. The guys that played battled their tails off. We lost the game. 1914 it was at Pittsburgh but it gave guys an opportunity and it gave guys uh, a chance to show who they were
2: Joe Cullen right there Jacksonville Jaguars defensive coordinator and that's an interesting perspective to have in this situation where the Jags I can't even imagine what it looks like in practice There's like five guys out there probably I mean what a disaster obviously nothing can be done Um, you know the guys that are vaccinated whatever not vaccinated you took you have the protocols in place to keep everybody safe and healthy. Hopefully that will work out. But at the end of the day, it's going to be a rough one if the Jags play on Sunday. Casey Kurtz, Action Sports Jacks on ESPN 690. Brian Middleton will be back in a little bit. We got some Action Sports Jacks overtime coming up. We got a new thing we're going to do uh, on that show. That'll be at 6 o'clock right after this one. But we traded him out. No disrespect to Brian Middleton. Love the guy. But well, we traded him out for uh, Brent Martineau, otherwise known as the boss, the head man, the head honcho. Brent, how's your day been going? I think it's been um, interesting, to say the least. It reminds me of when I went to Houston. Does that, does that sound about right?
1: Yeah. I was thinking of you today with the Houston stuff, and that's why I can't complain that much. You, you almost you should get annoyed and angry, Brent, but you're really not going to. Uh, it is what it is. It happens. We travel a bunch, and I can't remember really the last time I've been stuck um, so knock on wood, that's pretty good. But uh, we had some weather in Columbus, Ohio, and it was up at 5.30. We left at 7.00. Should be plenty of time. Supposed to land at 11.00 here in Jacksonville, a little layover in Atlanta. Uh, but, well, what happened was the weather kept us on the tarmac for an hour in Columbus. Then we lightning in Atlanta kept us on the tarmac for 45 more minutes. And then I missed my flight by five minutes. So uh, I just got in. About three o'clock, and now I've been sitting through two traffic jams here in Jacksonville. Aren't you guys all supposed to be taking the week off? Why are you driving?
2: Yeah, you know that's uh that's tough. That's a tough situation. But hey, we've all been there. I've been there, and uh, hey, you'll get through it. I'm surprised though they didn't stop the plane for you. I'm surprised you didn't pull yeah, the. Me too. Yeah, you're like, do you know who I am? Have you seen my Twitter? I, but you know,
1: I was actually I thought there might they might. They were delayed too because they obviously had weather, but they were just not delayed enough. And I thought they might hold it, but I don't think there were enough people from Columbus going on that flight going to Jacksonville. So, uh, in fact, yeah. I think I might have been the only one because I never saw anybody else, kind of, you know, in my same area as we're trying to fix everything. So, overall, it was pretty, it was decent. I watched a little Yellowstone in the airport, got a little work done, start peeking ahead at the first quarter of next year, where we're going, what we're doing, Got a little baseball and softball on the calendars for the spring and summer. I mean, listen, it's all good. Now, let me just do, let me get get this out of the way because we've done this before. We've done shows like this before. Where the the airport is amazing, to me. and I came up with an idea today in the airport, and I, I'm not doing it. It sounds like a hell of a lot of work, and I'm not sure I'm creative enough for it. And maybe something's been done on. I was initially thinking, I was like, there needs to be a movie in an airport setting that just, and I'm I'm like, well, there's certainly been movies in airport settings, but like I'm talking that just stays in the airport setting the whole time. So then I'm like, I think it's more documentary. I think it's a documentary in an airport setting, how there's just this convergence of life. It's great people watching. Yeah. It's, it's, it's a melting pot of people shapes sizes, backgrounds everything it is really what brings I think the good in people out and also it tells me who you are as a person sometimes when you're in the airport
2: that's like a super deep thought I know you had plenty of time yeah. to think about it, but that is a um a fascinating concept, probably more documentary um but the airport yeah. is an interesting place
1: I think it is I think it would be a, a fantastic documentary just to like. The whole thing just takes place in the airport, and you have all these different things. You have people going berserk. You have people uh, being very nice. You have people. Uh, I, I saw a sweatshirt said. There are two sweatshirts in, in like within like five minutes. One said humble, and one said uh, humankind or something. And I was like, I'm not sure this is the place for it, but uh, at least you have some of that. Right. And then of course you get you get the, the thing. You can do this whole like. Is there a podcast out on people getting up on the plane from behind you and getting in front of you? Like, I know everybody can't stand. But but the bottom line is, here's where where I sit now on this, and I've hated it for a while. Uh, There are some things I don't understand about flying anyway, and I've I've gone on these soapboxes. But this one I think we all agree on. We hate the people that come from behind like they're better than everybody else yeah. and they've got a more like, listen, I was about to miss my connection. I did miss my connection. Why do I have five people now ahead of me that were behind me? Like, why is that? It's a great Because you think you're more important. You think you're better than me. You think you're better than everybody in front. If you want to be up there, go pay for first class. There you go. Right? Let them I don't mean, know. So the bottom line is I have now concluded and you just everybody really look in the mirror now. If you're this person, that you're a bad person, you're a bad person. And you now jump in front of everybody from behind the plate, because every single person you jump in front of wants to throat punch you.
2: Yeah, absolutely, hundred percent. They don't
1: because they're better people.
2: What a what an interesting take, but actually, it's accurate.
1: I'm, I might have given a little hip Jackie. Uh, to a guy that was trying to do it. I was like, listen, I've seen three people do this already, and you're not it, buddy. There and you go. So I'm going to I'm gonna just wiggle in here a little bit. Not that I really needed to, and no one's going to make a difference. Uh, so anyway, it's just uh, when you're in the airport for a long time, it brings out those emotions. Uh, and, and that is the one thing. I think that gets – I'm telling you, you're a bad person if you do that. So anyway, if you're driving home, if you listen to the show, and if you've done that before – yeah, I'm calling
2: you a bad person and be better. There, that's Brent Martineau for you right there, who's had a tough day at the airport. And uh, Brent, you had the segue of all segues yesterday. I think I've got one for you here. You spent a lot of time in airports today. Did you see anybody that could potentially suit up for the Jags on Sunday, either coming into Jacksonville or at any other airport? Because they're going to need some help. Yeah,
1: they might need some help. You're right. Uh, well, here's uh, the segue of getting to where you need to go with this topic. I did not see DJ Chark, Cam Robinson, or Andrew Norwell out of Jacksonville yet.
2: That's yeah. That's a good. That is a good point. So,
1: and and, and I know you asked, will they be around in 2022? But uh, there probably were several people in the airport that could have played on the offensive line for the Jags today. I should have recruited them.
2: Yeah, I, I don't know what you could have done there, but we we definitely could have used that, especially if the Jags want to play football. On Sunday. So, yeah, back to what you just mentioned. Had a comment on YouTube, and uh, the conversation continues, by the way. Jump into the YouTube if you like uh, Action Sports Jacks on ESPN 690 or just Action Sports Jacks on YouTube. You'll be able to find it and comment along. But DJ Chark, Andrew Dorwell, Cam Robinson, should they come back? Should the Jags uh, break the bank, spend the bag, do what they need to do? Um, And Brent, I, I know you feel maybe differently, but. I think you can't afford to let a guy like DJ Chark go when you have the situation you have in the wide receiver room right now.
1: That's a really interesting scenario, I think, for the Jags. A lot of this depends on what they do in free agency, less on what they do in the draft. But what do they do in free agency? Do they go get a top-flight receiver? Is that then do you then use some of that money you would have spent on DJ Chark, and you just put it toward Devontae Adams, right, or or Michael Gallup, or right. whatever it is. And so, now, what we'd love to do is have both. But I don't know if that's feasible, right? I don't know if that's fiscally responsible. You're not just going to – I've said this before. Like, they allot money towards positions. You're not going to spend $40 million or $30 million or $35 million on two guys in the wide receiver position. You might do that for the whole group, but not two guys, I don't think. And so, uh, do you franchise tag? Well, has he earned a franchise tag, and buys you another year. That gives you some power. Uh, you don't have to negotiate. So, I wouldn't hate it. Probably not the worst move. He's a talented guy, but he's really only had one good year, and he's going to be coming off a pretty significant injury. Uh, and I love DJ, by the way. I'd love for him to be a part of this, um, and I have hopes for him to be really good. And I hate to see him go walk because then I think somebody—he might be good for somebody else. Like he's—he's he's talented. And uh, the other thing is, can you give him on a show me deal? Can can you come to terms with him on a on a moderate two year deal or even a one year deal? that says, hey, show us what you got so you can go make big bucks either here or somewhere else. Uh, but we don't want to franchise tag you, but we want to keep you. And so I think that's where it comes down on, on DJ Chark. It's going to be really hard to predict this one because we don't know how they feel from a negotiation standpoint, and I think we'll have to see what his market is elsewhere. Is somebody else willing to take a chance and give more money to DJ Chark? I, I think it's a tough one. I don't think that's a no-brainer in terms of you're going to throw the bank at DJ Chark. He hasn't done enough. That doesn't make sense. But he really, again, he's one of the guys that scares me a little bit if he gets away from here and you're like, wait a minute. you drafted this guy in the second round. He helped develop the guy. Yeah, he got hurt in his final year of a contract, but now you're not going to keep him? Isn't that the problem we have around here in Jacksonville? Like, you're not keeping guys that you're developing? I think the Jags have to be very careful of that with DJ, more so than, say, a Cam Robinson, who you're going to talk about next.
2: Yeah, I think, then that is that is very true, this is what we're going to talk about. Cam Robinson, I think, is a tougher situation, obviously. You have Walker Little, who you think is going to be the next left tackle of the Jags. So the question that I guess the Jags have to answer is, do you want to admit that you shouldn't have potentially drafted Walker Little where you did, or do you pay Cam Robinson? And when you look at Norwell as well, I think if you let Norwell go, do you trust a guy like Ben Barch to take over in the full-time or Will Richardson or you draft somebody, whatever you do. But the thing that I keep coming to terms with, Brent, is grass isn't always greener on the other side, and you might find that out if you let those guys go.
1: That's uh, a very good point what you just said there. That's uh, pretty astute, too, and I think that's the way they, they talk inside the building. Now, let's go Cam Robinson. Cam Robinson isn't coming back to me. He doesn't make sense to come back. I think Cam Robinson, by the way, has had himself a nice year. But are you willing to invest some 15 $16, 17000000 million a year like some team is going to do and offer to Cam? over five years, so some crazy number for a left tackle, when he's been very inconsistent and you have a guy right behind him that you like. Like, you really think this guy's a first-round kind of talent guy in Walker Little. I think you take advantage as a football team of what you are doing right now at the quarterback position. You have a young quarterback on a very reasonable deal because it's a rookie contract. Well, why don't you treat the left tackle position the same way? I don't think we're talking about Cam Robinson being uh, Tony Vasselli or... Trent Williams or any of those kind of guys, right? I mean, we don't, we don't know that about Cam. It's not that much of a slam dunk. So right now I would say, hey, let's save some of the money there and go with the guy we drafted. We've got a young guy. We like him. We think he can be good. We've got a guy ready to to, to play that position. So I would say Cam Robinson, in my opinion, I think he's like 98% gone. Uh, and, and by the way, he did a good job to earn himself some money. He did exactly what he's supposed to do. I think the Jags did what they were supposed to do. I think they franchised them, gave themselves an option, but now they have a young player that they think probably can take his spot, even though you can argue Cam's about to go into the prime of his career. So uh, the only thing, only way this makes sense is to sign Cam Robinson and uh, move Walker Little to right tackle. That's the only way it makes sense. And I just don't see him doing that. I think they're a little reluctant to do that, and so I don't think they're going to uh, move Walker Little. I think he'll be the left tackle of the Jacksonville Jaguars in 2022. Uh, and then that leads you to Norwell. And Norwell, to me, is, is exactly what you just said. Uh, he's expensive, so if you want to save a few bucks, you certainly could. But who are you replacing him with? I don't think the Jags have gotten Andrew Norwell that is the alt pro from Carolina. But if you can, he's still a pretty good player. And and this is where, like what you said, is very, it matters. Who's the guy taking his place? And how much of a drop-off is there? Remember, you still have a franchise quarterback you're trying to protect. And so I think Norwell is a, is a tricky one. Could they ask him to uh, redo that contract again? They already did this past year. Uh, and, and has he earned what he's making? Probably not, but you can do worse. And uh, depending on what they do, like I don't want Will Richardson, I don't think, playing left guard instead of Andy Norwell. No. If you have a right guard that you find, but you have Ben Barch, uh, maybe I could consider that. you're invested in that, you've got some experience now. I could probably sign up for that uh, to save the amount of dollars you're going to save., uh, but I think Andrew is still a pretty valuable piece of the offensive line. Uh, and we've noticed when he's really messed up, but he's also been pretty good over time uh, if you look at the percentage of plays he's been good on,
2: yeah, for sure. I just I think with you got to be careful. I don't want Trevor Lawrence to play football this week because of what might be on the offensive line. And if you try to rebuild the whole – I rebuild in a sense. Obviously, Walker Little is not a starter, so I'm going to count it as rebuilding. But you rebuild the whole left side behind the first-year quarterback who obviously had a rough time as a rookie year, that scares me. Brent, let me ask you this real quick um, on the free agent part of this. Another name that I've seen on the stream, I've seen on Twitter, and it's out there is Mike Williams. And he compares to DJ Chark in the sense of the injuries are there – And Mike Williams is a name, but the big year hasn't really found Mike Williams. He's having a nice year this year, seven touchdowns, uh, 964 yards. But in his career, he's only gone over 1,000 yards once, and it was literally 1,001 yard, and he only scored two touchdowns. So he either scores touchdowns or he doesn't get the yards. You would imagine he's not getting a deal like Gallup. I think it'll be closer to a chart deal. If it's one or the other, you stay with chart because you drafted him or you look at Mike Williams?
1: Oh, if it's one or the other, I probably I'm, I'm probably leaning toward a cheaper chalk. Uh, Mike Williams is intriguing to me. Who's faster, by the way, Mike Williams or or uh, Michael Gallup? Gallup, right?
2: I believe Gallup. Yeah, My, I mean, yeah Mike. I mean, Mike Williams is big, six four, two twenty.
1: Yeah, he's a big guy, but he can. I mean, so is so is DJ. You're right. Yeah, uh, DJ's big guy, and uh, he can run, and so. I, yeah, I think what you said about Mike Williams is some inconsistencies, and also you got to remember now he's playing with some pretty good quarterbacks over the year, from Phillip Rivers to, to now Herbert, to also Keenan Allen, and some pretty good weapons. So I think you've got, I think it's a little buyer beware on him. It's always buyer beware on the on the free agents, and uh, you always ask your question. Why are they letting him go? If he's that valuable, why are they willing to let him go? Is it because they just can't afford him? They're they're too crowded out of position? Okay, that's one thing. Is it because they really don't want to offer that kind of money? Well, they've seen him up close every day for years. So I think uh, that's what makes free agency interesting. I would, given that situation, you tell me Mike Williams or DJ Chark, I'd rather take a flyer on DJ Chark. He's homegrown. I like to see where his potential could go.
2: Yeah, I I absolutely Cheaper. Yeah, I absolutely agree there as well. I think you have to see what you have in DJ. Well, you think you know what you have. Uh, Obviously, a new regime will play a part in that, what they think of DJ Charkin, obviously. But you drafted him, and at some point you can't – you got to sign some of these people that you drafted, Brent. You can't just all let them leave. Um, I know you feel that. That's definitely how I feel. We got more to do here on ESPN 690 Action Sports Jacks. We got Brent. We'll be with Brent for a little bit. We got picks to make. We got a year in review to look at. We got all kinds of things to do before 6 o'clock. Stick with us, Action Sports Jacks on ESPN 690.
1: The CFP is it's, it's where you want to be. You know, the the, the, the all the, the tactical motivation techniques you have for uh, whether it's Texas, Baylor, or Cincinnati in uh, uh, one of the New Six Bowls um, certainly creates a different kind of energy than this. Uh, this being in the CFP is, I mean, we really, when you pan the room, I think we've got, I don't know exactly how many, but, you know, two or three guys. Uh, that can even remember being in that CFP and know what that was like. Uh, and when you you look at those guys, they, they embrace that. They, they've been hungry for that opportunity. That is Kirby Smart. A big, big, big one tomorrow for Kirby against Jim Harbaugh. Two coaches that really could well, elevate their status with a national championship, right? I mean, you, you talk, Harbaugh could really do some, like, major, th- I mean, went to a Super Bowl. Uh, they did not win. He lost to his brother. but And he's done good things at Michigan, but finally to beat Ohio State. And then could you uh, finally win a national title? Wow. Like, I don't give him a very good chance to do so, I don't think. But could he do it, right, with all the preparation time? And Kirby Smart, it's all he's got left. Like, he's already been here. He's knocked on the door of the SEC championship, uh, won the SEC championship. He... Uh he's been the king of the east most you know for the last however many years. He uh he's beaten Florida. He is number one recruiting class, number two recruiting class, and number three recruiting class. He's got five stars left and right. I mean, he's built it. He really has. But you gotta get it done. Or you're always gonna be asked if you can get it done. And that last step is really hard. Uh they'll go tomorrow against Michigan and obviously it's Cincinnati against Alabama looking for a big upset. Do they have a chance? Let's do some picks, let's roll it out. Brent Martino. I'm back out of the car now, and uh, we got the final hour with casey kurtz thanks to casey and brian middleton for holding it down while they had a little travel issues but let's get after this week 17 when they're that's usually the last week of the nfl there'll be another one casey kurtz and then of course we got the two big college football games tomorrow along with the tax gator bowl right here in jacksonville that'll be rutgers and wake forest 11 o'clock in the morning
2: yeah i was trying to find a line on the uh, gator bowl but they don't have it. i don't know if that has to do with the cancellation i don't know if where or if it's just where i looked i couldn't find it but uh nevertheless we won't make that in but we will Get this one in. Usually don't like the double-digit point spreads, but we're doing it. I made the rules. Nobody pushed back, so we're doing it. Cincinnati plus 13.5 at Alabama. Minus 13.5 I talked about earlier. I really have no idea what I'm going to do here, so I'm going to go last. Uh, Austin Lane will go with Alabama, and Brent Martineau will go with what?
1: I'm going to go with Alabama, too. I really would like to see Cincinnati play well in this game, but I just don't think it's a smart bet in Cincinnati because it's all or nothing, right? I mean, if this thing doesn't work, and you'll know in the first, like, 10 minutes potentially, if it doesn't work and it's like a mismatch and this is why people don't want to see this, like, there is that threat. There's blowout threat. Now, there's blowout threat in every game, but there's real blowout threat here. And I don't know, man. Nick Saban having the chance. They came up, come off that big game. They played their best football. Did they find something? Or was it just a matchup thing against Georgia? Just one of those days? I think this will tell the story, and, and I got a feeling Alabama's going to roll them. I don't want to see that. Uh, I, listen, it's one thing. I don't, I'm not, It'd be real hard to see an upset here, but I'd love to see Cincinnati hang and play tough, and I know they think they can. I don't know if they can. I got Alabama. And also, oh, Brandon, uh, let me get Brandon. I know he, he came in here too, and uh, he's not on with us today. He's got Cincinnati, so he's getting the points with Cincinnati.
2: Interesting. Um, well... It works out that I can kind of play defense here, obviously with a slim lead over Austin Lane, even slimmer as the days go by. Uh, I'll play defense. I'll take Alabama, although I'd love to be wrong because I'd like to see Cincinnati play well. We got Michigan plus 7.5, Georgia minus 7.5. Brent, Austin Lane is picking Michigan. I'm picking Michigan to straight-up win the football game. Wow. So the 7.5 is a no-brainer. What say you?
1: Well, Brandon Poncell's going Michigan, too, and I think a lot of people are. I think this was 7.5 down to 7. I've got Georgia. I think. Listen, Georgia's really good, really, really good. Is Michigan ready for this? I, I don't know. Uh, I just think Georgia is, if not the best team in the country, they're the second-best team in the country behind Alabama, and I don't think Michigan's in that class. I think there's a drop-off, so we're going to see it. I think Georgia gets it done. I think Kirby knows how to prep for this even more so than Harbaugh, believe it or not. Uh, and so I've got uh, game picker-upper right there, baby, Yeah, I'll take Georgia.
2: All right, fair enough. Uh, we'll mo- move to the NFL. we got the Chiefs in an interesting game, minus 5 at the Bengals, plus 5. Austin Lane is going with Kansas City. What say you?
1: Yeah, Brandon has uh, Bengals, by the way, and uh, so do I. Uh, I actually think this is a huge game for Cincy, and I'm not sure it really is anymore for – I mean, it could be a big game, but they've got the number one seed by at least – I think it's two games now, isn't it? It it is, yeah. So – or maybe it's one over Tennessee. Mm. Maybe just one over Tennessee.
2: Oh, yeah, you're right. I forgot and Tennessee, Tennessee beat won.
1: Them. So there is still, you know, there's still a lot to play for. I just think there's more to play for for Cincy. So you're giving me some points on top of this. They've been so good lately, Kansas City. I'm not sure they'll keep it up. I think they have a little bit of a slip game, and uh, I think Cincinnati takes advantage at least to keep it close, if not even win it.
2: Interesting. Last three games for Kansas City, 48-9, to 34-28, and 36-10. to They saved me last week. I'll go Kansas City uh, again. They've been good. Yeah, they have. All right, we got the Dolphins going for eight in a row, plus three and a half at the Titans, minus three and a half, Brent.
1: Yeah, I I think this is the first time the Dolphins have actually played a team that that can win, you know, that knows how to win. And I think being at Tennessee, this could be a tough one for the Dolphins. I'm going to take Tennessee uh, to cover and win.
2: I like it. I will also take Tennessee to win and Austin Lane going with the Dolphins. So So is Brandon interesting they haven't beat anybody i i don't believe it until i see it so give me the dolphins austin lane i uh, would be happy if he was here because he wouldn't want me playing defense i'm going against him we got arizona plus six at dallas minus six austin will take the cardinals brent martino will take who uh
1: i'm gonna take dallas here uh, just because what's it? it's six points yes I think they found something. They're going to get hot right now. That offense was clicking. I don't like Arizona right now. I don't trust them. I don't, I don't know how you can trust Arizona. By the way, Brandon's taking Dallas, too. Um, I'm going to take Dallas. I, that's a lot of points here, and it's probably not smart to go against that many points, but I'll take the Cowboys.
2: You said it yourself, Brent. Too many points. Give me Arizona. And we got one more that I'm honestly at this point really wondering if they're going to play. Um, but that is that is been wondering that. Uh, how can they let him go out there? I guess we can get into that a little bit later, but they got no, if these guys don't start testing back in, I don't know how they're going to play football. They don't uh, care. They yeah, care I know. Don't care. Yeah, I know. Nevertheless, 16 points the Jags are getting on the road in Foxborough. Uh, Austin Lane is taking the Patriots. Casey Kurtz is taking the Patriots. I'm sure Brandon Ponsel, if he's smart, is taking the Patriots, but that sets it up for Brent Martineau to do something that he usually does.
1: Well, Brendan Ponsell is taking the Patriots, and he's the guy that's picked the Jags more than anybody. That's fair. Um, but just because the door's open, I'll start 16 nothing. I'll take it even though, to be honest with you, I was about, if everybody didn't take it, I was about to say, I think the Patriots are going to win this game like 45-10, to yeah. which I kind of do. But what the hell, I'm not really in this thing to win it anymore anyway. So let me pick up a game, and I'll take the Jags and, and say, "Well, the NFL is even stranger than we thought. <laughs> no. Whatever works for you, man. Hey, I how close is it right now between you and Austin?
2: Uh it is in it's in play that he could overpass me in a week. Wow. Um so yeah, the updated we got KC fifty five and forty seven, Austin Lane fifty two and fifty, uh Brent Martineau forty seven and fifty five. Brandon Ponsel forty two and sixty. You know, you guys talked a big game about Brandon.
1: Haven't seen it this year. Yeah, he killed it last year. You're so you're three up on uh Austin and eight up on me.
2: Yeah, so. but three up on Austin though. Yeah,
1: yeah, yeah. Eight up on me. Yep. I got a chance. But we picked twelve games. You just
2: ESPN. picked the Jags.
1: I know I, don't know. I had to go different if I want to win this thing. That is fair. I'm that's a good call. Back in, I'm going to go six and zero. Oh, baby, that's fair. All right, uh, we're we'll back. Football at five rolls on. We take a look back at the entire 2021. If you can do that in less than an hour, we're going to try it. Action Sports Jacks on ESPN 690.